Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Hello and welcome back to Studio C for our last episode of Claws to the Wall for the semester. It is a sad one, but we're going to make it a good one. We're going to make it a good one. And I, that, if you heard that crying right there, that's Kobe Jackson. And alongside Kobe Jackson is Paxton Graff, Big hello. Red. Yeah, he just said hello. <laughs> this is Justin Brown in your ears as usual. And right now, if you're smelling that, it, it kind of smells like sunscreen, but also students' tears. It's towards finals you know, week, so if anyone's listening to this during finals week, we're thinking about you. You got this. Good luck. You're going all the mm-hmm. way Good to luck, the end. everyone. Only one more week. You can do it. But you know what we're going to talk about? You know, we got. Let's get your mind off of finals. Yeah, let's just get my mind off finals. Right now, I'm stressing out about too many projects that I have to do. I just want to talk about some sports, Texas State sports specifically, and talking about baseball because they got a huge win yesterday, a 7 to 2 win over Prairie View AM. And I mean, it was a great performance. We saw great hitting from Davis Powell. He had four hits at his four at-bats. Rashawn Galloway, he had three hits. We saw Peyton Zabel on the mound. You know, this was just a great performance by the Texas State Bobcats. They got a 7-2 to win in this non-conference game ahead of their series against Old Dominion this weekend, which they will be playing away. Kobe, what did you see in this game? I know they played against your mom's former school. Yes, I mean, they did. What, what do you yeah. have to say about that? Well, first off, big shout-out to my mom because she did go to Prairie View A&M for her little bit of uh, collegiate years but just going off of this this texas state bobcats uh, team against prairie view i mean first of all outstanding job by really this bobcat pitching i know we've been talking about their hitting a lot this season but i can actually finally say that their their pitching has finally gotten back on track especially after a tough tough weekend loss against the troy trojan so obviously a great rebound back from that uh from that series peyton zabel went six innings only gave up four hits one will only walk, struck out three batters, and honestly, and went seven and threw 79 pitches. So, obviously, a real productive outing for Peyton Zabel. But you also got to give credit to where credit is due. Uh, Cameron Bush, who only pitched two innings, only giving up two hits and one walk. And then also the ice cold man in Tristan Dixon closing it out for this Bobcat team. So, obviously, a really amazing job. But I mean, what more can I say about the first of all this game alone? Because obviously the Bobcats rebounded in a huge way, and you got to give a big shout out to freak to Davis Powell. I mean that dude right there. I mean I t- we talk about you know Jose Gonzalez and and in his bat in his batting up, but even though he's kind of in a little bit of a, sl- a slump, but this Bobcat batting line just keeps improving with players. Davis Powell being one of them, Dalen Pena as well as they both homered last night. As of this as of this recording, it was last night on Tuesday. Ryan Leary had a double. I mean, and then Chase Moore got a hit by pitch. I mean, this Bobcat lineup is so young but so productive at the same time. You can't really. Can't really be disappointed if you're head coach Stephen Trout because I know we talked about the big batters that the Bobcats had last year, but this year to me is, I guess you could say, a future of what this Bobcat batting lineup, specifically for baseball, can do in the next upcoming years. But I mean, just going off of this year, just going off of this game last night, great job by by everybody that contributed, and you know they have another conference win against Justin Van, Justin Verlander's old team. In college, Old Dominion. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting series. Old Dominion right now, they just got finished with a series against App State. 
and they uh, they got one win that weekend, a 13 to one win on Saturday. But Sunday they got blown out, eight to 18, a game ending in seven innings. But to touch on what you said about Davis Powell, I mean, I'm talking about him all the time. This guy has stepped up big, and this, you know, he's a junior, you know, and he's hitting 388. That's nearly 400. That's mm-hmm. not normal for most hitters. No. This guy's doing great. I mean, he has, you know, currently he's second. I mean, he's third in RBIs with 29 RBIs of his own. He scored over 37 runs. I mean, he's already been he's collected 37 runs of his own and he's really started in all the games that he's played he's been mm-hmm. 33 games so i mean he's been doing great things i mean his slugging percentage is at 612 his on base percentage is 1.083 which is is just extraordinary so yeah, davis powell i mean just got to give credit to where it's due now jose gonzalez though i love how you mentioned him because he's still second in hitting even yeah, though he's he still been is. on a slump for yeah, a long is. time that just shows how good he started this season off mm-hmm. he's hitting 290 of his own but you talk about his slump in that last game against prairie view a&m and his three at bats no hits at all yeah no. i don't know if they all all the pitchers in the nation just found out how to get him out you know <laughs> get him to strike out but you know they're really doing it but yeah texas state going to face old dominion but yes cody yeah I just and another thing to point out when me and bill cohane were calling the game he has he was under the weather as well so i'm pretty sure he's still trying to get better from him being sick as well so that could be another another key factor but just going off of this of this uh Old Dominion, just looking at this Old Dominion team, they're currently sitting fourth in the Sun Belt Conference right now. Texas State is currently sitting sixth, and obviously the number one team in Sun Belt is obviously Coastal Carolina, the number 17th ranked team in the country currently. So, but I mean, this will really honestly make or break for the series because currently right now there's a, I believe there is a five-way tie for third place. That is Troy, Old Dominion, Louisiana, Texas State, and Georgia Southern. So that, to me, if... I, this is going to be kind of crazy, but if Southern Miss, Troy, Old Dominion, Louisiana all basically lose one game and Texas State wins all three, then Texas State will clearly be third in the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, I mean, this is a must-win series for the Texas State Bobcats, and right now they're going to be facing an Old Dominion team that has some great hitters. If you look at the other side of you know, the, the lineup for Old Dominion, they have Hunter Fitzgerald, and this yeah. guy, he has over 59, uh, 57 RBIs. Mm-hmm. That's 20 ahead of anyone else on the Bobcat team. They also have Jake Tyser, who has 41 RBIs of his own, and they have multiple players. They have already six players hitting above 300. Yeah. So so this is a well-hitting team, and you know we talk about the pitching. Peyton Zabel did amazing this one. You got to see that same pitching this upcoming weekend, especially against these great hitters. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that I do want to note is that you know last year we talked about how during the weekend or the during the weekend their pitchers have always been outstanding, at least starting pitchers. Obviously. Uh, Excuse me. Why am I blanking the name? Oh, Levi Wells. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I was blanking the name for a minute. Uh, Levi Wells, who pitched outstanding against Marshall, but kind of gave up, but kind of had a tough time against Detroit Trojans, and then obviously Tony Roby as well, and then Zeke Wood, who we normally see as a Friday starter, is now you know being transmitted into the Sunday starter. So, I mean, a lot of, I guess you could say, a lot of adjustments for this Bobcat team and what they need to do for against Old Dominion. But honestly, if you just keep playing your brand of baseball and keep making contact on the ball and try to get the ball in play, get some rub production going, I think you'll, I think you'll have a really strong chance. A hundred percent. You know, another team that knows how to get a ball on a bat is the Texas State softball team, who's on a three-game win streak after sweeping the ULM Warhawks yep. this past weekend in the San Marcos Bobcat Softball Stadium. You know, it was uh, if you look at the runs here, the Bobcats outscored. 
you know, ULM, I think it was 13 to four, uh, 13 to four, if that's correct. But Kobe, I know you called one of those games, especially Saturday. It was a double header Mm -hmm. because of the weather on Sunday. What did you see from this softball team and how are they performing this past week? First off, just going off of Saturday's game, the first of Saturday's games, it was a really great production game. Obviously the Warhawks had a lot to prove coming in, but I believe the Warhawks were like almost bottom to last in the Sunbelt Conference. So obviously they were looking to possibly rebound and get something going, but unfortunately it just came up short. And I actually went to the Friday game as just a fan, like just as a spectator and stuff with my wonderful girlfriend. And honestly, we were just kind of, I was just more surprised that they even won this game. Cause to be honest with you, ULM honestly could have deserved to win that. Cause Texas state really could not get, get anything going until roughly the sixth inning. So, with that being said, going into Saturday's game, obviously Tori McCann was the starting pitcher for the first double he- for the double header, uh, first of the double header, and she did outstanding going through six innings. And then Annalisa Solis came in and relieved, or excuse me, yeah, Annalise, no, excuse me, uh, I believe it was Carson Pierce that relieved her. Let me make sure I'm correct. And yes, it was. Sorry, I'm pulling up my stats here for a minute. No, it was Presley Glen, uh, Glendy. That's who it was. Okay, my mind went blank for a minute. But I mean, Texas State only used two pitchers throughout the whole ball game. So honestly, you could say that was probably the best performance that Tori McCann has had this get this season. Only giving up four hits, one run, one run, one earned run, one walk, and struck out four batters. So, and then she threw 73 pitches total. So I mean, she did an outstanding job on the batting lap, and then. Just going off the batting side, Carmen Bass, a perfect three for three in the first game, heading three base hits. One of them was the art was an RBI that put the Bobcats up as well. But what's interesting about this is that Sierra Trahan was botting, was batting almost towards the bottom of the lineup, which I thought that was interesting because normally she's normally the leadoff batter for this Bobcat batting lineup. So, but I think coach head coach Ricky Water was like, let's make some adjustments and we can possibly have the lineup that we used to have. Uh, for that, for the final double, for the final game of the doubleheader. So, but other than that, I mean, what an amazing job from this Bobcat team sweeping ULM after ha- suffering a four-game losing streak, and you know now they got another tough opponent in the Baylor Bears once again. Yes, I mean we talked last time these two teams met. I mean they did the Bobcats did lose, but last time the Bobcats went to Waco in 2021, they did get a seven to five win over the Bob, uh, the the Baylor Bears. So, I mean, maybe, you know, they can get lucky twice. Who knows? But this is a number 18th ranked team, a team that's very powerful. And, you know, Texas State is sixth place in the Sun Belt. We talk about their great hitters. We talk about Hannah Earl. She's leading the team with a 331 batting average. She has 20, 51 hits, 21 runs of her own, 12 RBIs. Sierra Trahan, I think the only reason she was playing towards the latter end of the lineup is because she's coming back from that injury. You yes, don't want her to, that's true. You, yep. know, get, you know, have that many hits and mm-hmm. that many at-bats. So putting her towards the end of the lineup, lineup does make sense but looking at the players on this Baylor softball team they have four uh, three uh, four players hitting over 300 their leading RBI leader is uh, Shaylin Govan Shaylin Govan yep. she has f- 43 RBIs of her own and one player I remember seeing last uh, last matchup was Emily Hot who mm-hmm. she had a home run of her own and she has 27 RBIs and three home runs on the season their home run leader is Shaylin Govan with nine of her own 
but in second place is Amber Tovin with four of her own. So this Baylor Bears softball team is no one to play with. I mean, this is a team that they, you know, the Bobcats see often, and uh, I'm excited to see them play away. I think you know if they if they were able to get a win last year. I mean, uh, 2021, an away game with the same coach, Ricky Woodard. And mm-hmm. Sarah Vanderford, she's on the team still as well, that senior. So I feel like there's some personnel that could get this win again, Kobe. Yeah, and the one thing I do want to note is that Baylor is just coming off a weekend series. Or excuse me. Yeah, yeah, a weekend series against um, uh, Oklahoma State where they actually got swept. So, I mean, that's... Number two in the nation. Number two in the nation, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it still, still counts as the Big 12, so... But I mean, they got a t- I mean, they got a great win against UTSA that came in that uh, that the Roadrunners came in uh, yesterday, and then obviously Texas State or excuse me, actually excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong stats. I'm looking at from earlier on in the year. But. I read the same thing. It was from, <laughs> they played against Oklahoma sorry. number one. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah. number one. I'm sorry, but yeah, getting swept. But they're currently on a f- I believe it's a four game no, just a three game losing streak. So yeah, so just getting. Uh, swept by Oklahoma, but what's crazy is they only they didn't score no runs against Oklahoma, which is honestly insanity. So, but just going off of the previous matchup that these two have played, Texas State led that game two to nothing for the longest time. They did, yeah. And then ba- because I was on the call for that game, and then Baylor came back and it just came storming back. It actually went into extra innings. It went into uh, I believe the eighth inning for that matchup, and. Unfortunately, the Bobcats could not get anything more yeah, going. Yeah, went to the eighth inning. Yeah. Eighth inning. So yeah. So, and then you know they won two to two to th- uh, three to two. So, but I mean, what? First of all, these two teams have always been impressive when they face each other. I'm just hoping that it's not a repeat of that. I think so. I think the Bobcats really need to get run production early and get it a lot more than what they did in their previous matchup. And if they do that and then have really great consistent pitching, we talked about Tori McCann, we talked about Jessica Mullins as well and stuff. So I, I, if they if they can possibly get that together, I, I strongly think that Bobcats could pull this off. 100%. You know, they, they're on a three-game win streak right now. They have to play Baylor. This is a momentum. It's a momentum game. If you can win against a number 18th game, a number 18th team in the nation, that will give you a lot of momentum into those last two series they have in Sunbelt play. You look at those last two series – their next series is against Sunbelt play is in against Marshall, and that's an away game. So yeah. the Bobcats only five and six and one away. They only have one, they have one draw, six losses, five wins away. So they need to be able to get some consistency playing away because their, their next four games are going to be away games. They're mm-hmm. going to West Virginia for Marshall. They're going to Waco for Baylor. So this is going to be a good test for the Bobcats. And then that final series they have is a home series against JMU, and that should be a fun one as well. That's going to be May 4th through the 6th. But, yes, the Bobcats are going to face the Baylor Bears in Waco tonight. This is Wednesday, April 26th at 3 p.m. So, I mean, not not tonight, today. More like today. an afternoon game. So yeah. it's going to be a fun one. And you First pitch t- is roughly going to be about an hour and a half because they'll be playing at 3 o'clock Central time. So. Yeah, catch that on ESPN Plus, man. Definitely catch that on ESPN Plus. See if uh, Hannah Earls and the squad can keep hitting. Maybe Sierra Trahan can hit in the top of the lineup. I love Sarah Vanderford having another home run. Possibly. Oh yeah, possibly. I mean, and I mean, I just have to give a shout out to Sierra Trahan, my former, you know, classmate for my entire life. Just a <laughs> shout out to you, bro. You're doing great. Oh, you're always say, do a shout. I always you do always a shout do it out because it's funny. You said I remember Paxton. You said this last time that me and her were in stats class, and then now I'm the one taking her you're stats. Taking her stats. <laughs> so, you're the statistician now. Hopefully you took enough notes. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh, 
kind of funny though, actually. But yeah, great opportunities <laughs> coming towards her. But you know, let's zoom out of the Hayes County area and Texas State athletics because we got a lot of national sports to yeah. talk about. I mean, it has been oh. a week, and I mean, first thing we have to talk about because. It's playoff time in the NBA, and this first round has just been nothing but fun. Right now, I mean, we saw, just uh, just giving a recap on t- some few games last night, the Timberwolves finally lose against the Nuggets. The uh, Nuggets win the 4-1 series. The Suns blow out the Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi. They win that series 4-1. But there's three series tonight that I want to talk about. There's actually four series tonight that I want to talk about, um, three of which are three-in-one series. And I want to get y'all's thoughts on who is actually going to win these 3-1 leads. 3-1 leads are impossible to come back from, only no. if your name is LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron James, thank you, yes. <laughs> yes. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are in a 3-1 situation again, but they're led by Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Spider-Mitchell, and Evan Mobley. Spider-Mitchell. So it's going to be definitely interesting. <laughs> so first off, I want to start with this Knicks and Cavs series. It's a 3-1 lead. For the Knicks, and they're playing in Cleveland. Will Cleveland be able to extend to a Game 5? Thoughts? Game 5, yes. The series, I don't think so. I think uh, i got to mention his name. Jalen Brunson, he's a phenomenal player. Oh, why is that? He's, <laughs> he's a former what? He's, uh, he's a former Mavs. We won't speak on that. <laughs> Screw his dad. Forget his dad, man. He's the one who, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Jalen Brunson's really, he's transformed that organization. They were kind of on the peak last year uh, with Julius Randle and all them going in the first round against the Hawks. Um, but they just couldn't get over the Hawks. Now they've got that third weapon in Jalen Brunson, and I think it's enough to get past Cleveland. Uh, I don't think tonight, because we were talking about earlier, they are in Cleveland. It's been hard this year to win in Cleveland, especially with Donovan Mitchell. He seems to go off for home games. I don't think he's going to go, especially on a, um, what do you call this, Um, uh, must-need, must-win game. I don't think he's going to lose it at home, but I think the next game at New York, I think the Knicks win it then and there. So I guess uh, game six. In the famous words of Mr. Stephen A. Smith himself. All I'm going to just say is New York stand up. Yeah. So Knicks will win game five, and they will officially move on to the second round. First time since Carmelo Anthony's New York Knicks. So I have the Knicks winning game five. If we're going to quote people, let's just say, in the great words of Jay-Z, Empire State of Mind. <laughs> in New York, <laughs> in the great words of Alicia Keys. Yeah, you can do it. Concrete jungle, where dreams are made of. Oh, okay, you got the lyrics right because not other people know the lyrics that well. <laughs> Paxton's gonna listen to this when he when he drives home in his in his green. It's truck. a great song. I'll play it right now over the mics. Oh, no. <laughs> I think my li- our listeners are good. What's the next series? Okay, well, I wanted to get my pre- I wanted to say my prediction. First. Oh, my bad. What, no, no, you don't get your say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, New York City, man. They, they're going to win it. I, I love the Knicks. You know, Cleveland, it's going to be a battle. I'm going to tell you right now, this game is probably going to go into overtime. I'm just going to say Oh, yeah, no. It's definitely going to go into overtime. We might see a Donovan, you know, Mitchell performance that we – this might be something that – 72 points instead of 71. I'm thinking like 58. I'm thinking like something like Jimmy Buckets the other day. And, I mean, uh, we got to – I don't even – we didn't even mention that. Jimmy Buckets. I mean, Jimmy Butler – uh, just a little side note, he had one of the best performances in playoff basketball mm. ever seen. Charles Barkley, word for word, said 
out loud on NBA TNT that night. He said that was the best playoff performance I've ever seen in my 20 years of television. I hey, he's not wrong. And I believe me, I've seen at least in my tw- at least in my 24 years of being on this earth, I have not seen a better performance. Maybe 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 LeBron James closely. And I mean, yeah, closely. But just looking at just Butler, I mean, we he, talk- he literally led a 13-1 run. It, yeah, man. Quarter, I mean. What is it? Fifty six points. Yep. I mean, come most on. in most for uh, Miami, Miami playoff franchise. franchise history. Yeah. That's crazy. Not even LeBron James couldn't do that, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But I mean, just going off of the series. Well, first off, the Bucks are in serious trouble because mm-hmm. obviously having Giannis. I mean, keep in mind, Giannis did play in game four. In game four, so but he has that soreness. He's, on his but still back, having right. soreness in his back. So obviously, that's still gonna maybe be a factor. But to me, Jim, Jimmy Butler honestly just showed you why he's one of the best players in the playoffs, to, to be honest with you. And what's crazy is he's scoring more points than Charles Barkley did in the playoffs and more than Shaq did in the playoffs as well because they showed that little stat line on uh, on NBA on NBA on TNT, and I thought that was crazy because uh, Chuck is down at the bottom, so was Shaq. And I'm like, really? Like, no. he did? Wow. But um, just that series alone, I think to me – just from the way the series is going, I think uh, Miami's going to go in and just take this over and try to knock the Bucks out because Bucks playing at home is a lot is different territory because obviously Milwaukee still remembers that championship, that that finals and championship that they won a couple of years ago. So, but I think Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler's time in the playoffs is still going on is still going to go on. So I'm I'm going to take Miami to take close it out yeah jimmy butler playoff jimmy butler is a whole nother level i mean we we never talk about him during the regular season no, just because i mean he's there he he does his part but he's never like this dropping 55 points in a game to extend your lead to 3-1 in the series but jimmy butler he's just i want his stamina i mean the <laughs> fact that they, he played a 82 game season he's playing now 85 about to be 86 uh, games coming up tonight and he's he's still putting up 55 points and you go back a couple years ago I know everyone says it was the bubble it's different but he played a full finals game so that way his team wouldn't lose, would lose the yeah. series he played a full like 45 minutes or whatever still won the game single-handedly uh, honestly um, the fact that he's still doing that to this day is phenomenal and you know, you got to give a huge shout out to him. He's a Texas native, so you got to get a huge shout out to him. Um, native. Yes, yes. Um, but as far as the series overall, this is the only series out of the three one deficits that's currently going on right now where I think the one who's below right now, so the Bucks, could come back. It's oh, the no, only yeah. one that I can think. I, I agree with that. Because I don't think Giannis, I don't think they're going to give in fully yet. I think all the other ones, the Grizzlies and all that, they're battling injuries right now. I think I think they're pretty much done. This is the only one where I think you could potentially see the Bucks come back because they're not going to go down without a fight. Oh, no. Now, it's definitely tough. Only two people have been able to do it um, in the past few years, Steph Curry and LeBron James, and we all know what happened to Steph Curry after he yep. came back from a 3-1 deficit. So, uh, But I think it could be done, and if it is done, I think Giannis – stitches his name in NBA galore for the rest of his career. I mean, the fact that he's won, what, two MVPs, one or two MVPs. He's won a finals MVP. 
He's yeah, he's um, won one MVP, one Defensive Player of the Year award. There and, you go. Yeah, Finals MVP. So I think that coming back from a three-one deficit, um, especially after a performance like Jimmy Butler just have, I think that will put him up there with the greats. Here's what I'll say. I think you know I love the Bucks. I love Giannis. And and if you before the playoffs even started, there was a survey poll done by NBA fans, and it was a shocking twenty-seven percent of fans believe the Bucks are going to win it all. And every other team was win like, win it like, all? Seven. Yeah, win it all. Because they were the leading. I mean, they led the regular season in the most wins. They had an 18-game win streak. was the longest in the in the NBA this season. So this Bucks team knows how to respond to adversity. Yeah, but this is just, I don't know. I feel like Miami just has the energy right now. Jimmy Butler, this this performance he had solidified. You know, this gives valid reason for him to take a DNA test, find out if he's not Michael Jordan's son. Um, this that's is a whole the, other deal. That is, this is, this is, you know, I mean, that's a good reason for it. I mean, I mean, it, he looked like MJ the other night. No, so. no, no he did, and I mean, I love seeing it, and I'm so excited to watch that game tonight, eight thirty o'clock, you know, Central Standard Time. Definitely tune Be into there. that one. And but one game we have to talk about a 3-1 lead mm. and another performance that was amazing and at a later age was lebron james later who age. <laughs> yeah I mean, he's like what, 38 years old 38 years old man and he had 22 points and 20 rebounds that's wow. his career high in rebounds and he does it i believe this, that and is yeah. th- does that in that game he's the first play laker player to ever score 20 points and 20 rebounds since shaquille o'neal that's wild. and he's doing it at 38 years old if you didn't have respect for lebron i didn't have too much before that game after watching him play I mean, in that fourth quarter, it seemed like it was it was unstoppable. When he has that right-handed layup, there's no way of stopping him when he pushes. And I and I just love watching it. He did it right in front of Dylan Brooks, got the and one in the foul. Oh, but you have no idea. In the LeBron face that you know. I mean, he's screaming. It's a meme already. But I'm, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, yeah, I mean, the Lakers. I, what do you guys think about this Lakers team? I'm actually really excited to watch the Lakers now yeah. for the rest of the season. Me too. Um I don't think Memphis comes back as far as no. the series. I, I think it's They're too much. Too they are. Uh, I mean, when Dylan Brooks is your leading man, that you've got a problem. No offense <laughs> to Dylan Brooks, but I don't think he's your star player. That's obviously Morant, and he's His having issues right now. Um, but, I mean, Lakers are on a steamroll right now. Um, how many games have they won in a row? Well, I guess they lost the first game, so I, I, I won't go off of that. But they've won like five or six out of their last seven or eight. They're on a roll right now. Um, you know, I'm not a Lakers fan. I'll leave that to Thomas and all of them. In Orlando. But I will say I wanted them to beat Memphis because I was getting tired of Dylan Brooks. Like, you don't you don't poke LeBron. Uh, especially you know, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, especially. I mean, yeah, people have the arguments between LeBron and MJ, but he's still goaded. He's still one of the greatest, and you don't poke one of the greatest by saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I got to mention it. Uh you mentioned that Shaquille O'Neal was the last one to do this. Well, he commented. He said, oh, yeah. Dylan Brooks said you don't get respect nobody. You don't respect nobody until they get 40. LeBron got 20 and 20 tonight. That's 40. <laughs> so Dylan Brooks to say has to respect him now. And he did it straight in the face with Dylan Brooks guarding him. I saw that LeBron was trying to lead him left because he knew that Brooks was uncomfortable doing that. So, I mean, that 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 is GOAT performance right there. Um, and I definitely think they closed the series out yeah, tonight. I, yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. And you know, just I talked about this on BCR uh, earlier on in the day, and the fact that you you're calling LeBron James old. I mean, that, that for me, that's considered an insult. You know what I mean? Especially to a lot of older people. Especially to a lot of older yeah. people. Seriously, yeah, I consider 38. that an insult. Yeah, yeah, I consider that an insult. So to me, 
honestly, I think LeBron took it as that and really just showed you why he's one of the all-time great players in this league. And to be honest, I don't think – And what's funny is that Dylan Brooks didn't even want to speak to the press after the games. He literally mm-hmm. just – immediately just went to the locker room, and, and he was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm which, out. <laughs> you can't talk crap without backing it up. Exactly. No, that's, so. that's, how, that's how the rule works. You got to – if you're going to talk, you got to back it up. And honestly – Dylan Brooks didn't back it up. <laughs> I mean, he backed it up. He just backed it up to LeBron scoring a layup to tie the game. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but yeah, Lakers are gonna take this ser- gonna take this series now. Now them going to the second round, I don't know because who, sec- who would be next up? It would, I believe, I want to say, oh, the Kings and the Warriors. Kings and the Warriors. That. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm gonna say about this Lakers team. I mean, a uh, little final comment. Yeah, I think they're gonna beat the Grizzlies, but. This is what Chuck was, uh, Charles Barkley was saying, you know, during the NBA TNT. And I think this is a great point. Uh, Anthony Davis is supposed to be the best player on this Lakers team. He was acquired by the Pelicans when he was balling out. He was almost, he was getting almost triple. He was having double doubles every single night, dropping 30 points every single night when he was on the Pelicans. He gets brought to the Lakers. And Charles Barkley said, I've never seen this in my entire playing career where a man. Can one night be, I'm the man, I'm the go, and the next night just be completely silent? He has so many peaks and valleys. This last game right here, he only had 12 points and 11 rebounds. Now, I know that's a double-double, but double-double. but he he has all the he has he's the he has the youth he has the physicality he has the size Charles Barkley's just confused he just is confused and maybe okay you can look at the diagram of all of his injuries I mean this guy is more fragile than a porcelain teacup dropped off of a staircase all right now <laughs> I swear <laughs> dude that, uh, I, I just pulled that analogy out of my back what pocket a, that was a good one man we should have filmed this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, keep going. <laughs> but no, uh, I do agree. I think if there was an NBA award for Mr. Inconsistent, I think it would be him. Because you're right. He has those peak performances, dropping 40 a night while getting 15 rebounds or 10 assists, whatever. And then the next night, he'll maybe, maybe get a double-double like you mentioned. Um, but, I mean, it, it is interesting that you have LeBron James, who, granted, overall in a life expectancy, he's not old. But in athletic terms, he is getting old, and he's playing better than what twenty eight year old AD, and he's getting he's less injured yeah. prone yeah. than twenty eight year old AD. Yeah, he's always. Oh, that's one thing I will say about LeBron James. He is always healthy. Usually, when he sits out, is usually when he is hurt. Mm-hmm. And even if he is hurt, he still plays and at an elite level. So that's honestly a comparison you can make with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't know if you heard about the interview, but LeBron James did state that he spends over a million dollars a year on health management. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Health. He's worth a billion dollars. So of course, I mean, that's chump change. <laughs> chump change for him. Here's we, a five dollar bill. I know that's we talk about the, val- the peaks and valleys for Anthony Davis. Literally, the game before this last one, he had 31 points and 17 rebounds. I mean, that's like a really dominant performance for someone with his size and age. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, that's all I really have to say about him. I mean, I mean, that's really all I have to say. But the one other game that we could talk about in the last one, the the one that's going to be the most close out of any of these series is the yeah. Kings and Warriors. This oh, is yeah. the blockbuster series in the NBA right now. It's tied 2-2, and uh, the Kings will be in. I think they'll be playing, yeah, they're playing the Warriors tonight at their home, I believe. Yeah, they're in Sacramento tonight. Oh, they're in Sacramento tonight. Sac-town. So, you know, Stephen Curry, he is just, I'm going to just say it right now. He, a magician? He's a magician. He is a demigod on the court. 
Uh, <laughs> this guy's an all-time three-point leader. Does he have what it takes to to lead a team again? I mean, especially past a fast-paced offensive team like the Kings. And the other point I have to say is after they're done with the Kings, I mean, you will be exhausted. Because oh, yeah, they're going to no. be the last team playing in this first round, meaning they're going to get the least amount of rest. And then, Unless, I mean, that is if the Lakers do win somehow tonight. I mean, I don't think somehow. I think they're gonna <laughs> be honest because there's injured players. And but uh, I mean, what do you think about this Warriors team and this Kings team and this matchup tonight? I mean, it's gonna be a close one, isn't it? I mean, I really don't like making comparisons too much. But Justin, I know you've been watching basketball for a long time. So is you, Paxton. Do you remember that 2009 series between the Chicago Bulls and the Boston Celtics? Yes, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. Yeah. Yes, you can make Prime an argument. Rose. You can make an argument that that was probably one of the all-time great playoff series in history. You can make an argument with that. Going to seven games, every game was close. super close. Yep. It was a tough out. There was only one blowout game throughout the whole series. I mean, I because I, I rewatched that. I rewatched that highlight. The highlights of that of that series. And man, let me just say that was that was a series for the ages. I'm serious. I'm really thinking this series, the Warriors and Sacramento, is going to live up to that. It's cool. Yeah. It, I really think it is because so far every game has been close. Every game has had drama with you know obviously with the whole Draymond Green being suspended, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, but this, I mean, this series is so close. You can really, I honestly, you can't really pick a winner in either one of them because both of these teams are outstanding this season. You know, Warriors who were once in the play-in doubt and Paxton. I know you're. I know you still hate me saying this, but. You know, Dallas City in six, and then obviously oh. Golden State climbing up. You know, I mm. just I know that breaks your heart there. It does. Where's <laughs> Dallas again? Oh, what? Where's Dallas again? Not in the playoffs. You want to talk about Houston? Uh, uh, any, uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but where's, where's Houston's championship said, in this we'll decade for their basketball team? Huh? 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 I didn't even hear what you said. Where's Houston's championship? No, forget in this century, in the 21st century in basketball. Where is it? We don't have one yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's keep our mouth shut. Okay. One. Kobe, you were saying. You were saying. You only got one. You were saying. As how was, many years did y'all have James Harden? <laughs> huh? And y'all gonna do anything with him? <laughs> <laughs> now he's rocking with the 76ers. Continue. <laughs> it, um, where did I leave off? Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Just uh, to me, I think I said this on BCR earlier, and I'm still going to stay with this. Golden State will win game five. Sacramento win, will win game six. Ooh. But so you think Golden State wins in Sacramento? Yeah. And then yes. I think this is a home series. So whoever's at home wins because it's proved to be that so far. And just the atmosphere at these home arenas has been unstoppable on it essentially and to um, think they're both in california oh, you know they're like literally on one hour like, drive yeah. between each other and then whoever wins this will have to just extend it like by one maybe two more hours because they'll play most likely la next yeah 100 percent. and i mean if you guys knew anything if you watched the the kings during the regular season i mean this king's arena the the golden line arena oh uh golden chick arena golden, golden one chi- golden, golden one arena something like that something like that i know it's sponsored by golden chick so they got good chicken tenders you remember Golden Chick was here and then it just disappeared. Golden it went out. It went Chick. out of business. Someone ate all their stock, I guess. I don't. Well, what I will say though is that uh, <laughs> the Kings Arena is one of the loudest and most electric mm-hmm. arenas in all of basketball. So it's, it's a Golden really, One Center. Just yeah. FYI, Golden it's a one really center. hard place to win. Well, it's the only professional team in Sacramento, so they're going to show out for their uh, team. 100 percent. I mean. 
And the one thing I was going to say is that there's fan noise makes such an impact, especially in like a fourth quarter of a basketball We've game. We've seen like, it from the Warriors just from just when they were just insanely crazy. Yeah. We've seen that a lot at the Oracle. Oh, my gosh. Sacramento's. You can't even hear play calls. If you're the all trying to call, you're trying to call play calls as an offense. You have to learn how to talk to each other just with hands, eye signals. Like that's why I guess playoff basketball is so important because you've had a whole season to build that chemistry. And when you have all that loud noise, you can't really focus stuff like that. No. But I mean, guys, I mean, this is a great NBA first round so far. I'm loving it. Even in these three one games i'm excited to watch like i'm literally gonna watch this lakers game i know i have a project due at midnight mm. but it should have started a month ago but you know what i'm gonna be doing it while watching the game i'm gonna be watching every single one of these this, this is, is gonna be great this is gonna be awesome i'm in, i'm really excited but one before we even move on we have to shout out mr trey young man we do just we shout, shout him out right now for real we, we gotta give him his flowers because honestly boston had that game in their hands and Trey Young just started just going off. I'm like, this dude here. But this is what's sad. He can have one amazing game in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden he'll tank for the rest of it. He's the AD for the Hawks. Well, here's what I'll say. You remember when this Knicks year when they were playing the Knicks a few years yes, ago? Yes, I do remember that. People were starting to talk trash to Trey Young, and then he just turned on electric. And you know what's funny? He always can ball out in gardens, Madison Square <laughs> Garden, and the, the TD Garden here. So, I mean, the Boston Garden. I mean, this guy can. You no, give you're him, right. The first give time him his TD flowers. Garden. He's taking him out of the garden. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. And then going back, now going back to Atlanta. Through no, still losing the series three to two. But I mean, Atlanta. I'm, oh man. This is why NBA playoffs is so interesting, especially this season, because, I mean, so much so much has happened. But, honestly, we're in for a wild ride here. I, I'm excited to watch every single game. And, you know, we'll have – that's just all the NBA we're going to talk about today. But we got to talk about some NFL because there's some huge, Ooh. huge – That was beautiful. Thank you. I didn't even make a noise. That was all them. Uh, but, uh, guys, Aaron Rodgers. A-Rod. Yes, sir. His career with the Packers is now over. He is a New York Jet. At 40 years old, practically. <laughs> Did Was this trade fair? Did the Jets give up too much? And will Aaron Rodgers do good on this team? What are all I know is... Does he have the pieces around him? Jets are all in. They're, they oh, mean yeah, serious no, business. 100%. <laughs> they made, uh, haven't been serious in like my well, lifetime. Yeah, so. they, they should be serious. Uh, but uh, I said it. A couple months ago during the season, they made a trade. I forget the trade exactly, but I think they traded for James Robinson. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that just proved, I said it back then uh, in a Klaus Wall episode, that just shows you the Jets are legit. Like, they're serious. They, they, they're they tired of being the laughing stock of the NFL. They want to be a playoff contender. And by making that move earlier in the season and by making this move, finally, it's been, what, two months, two months. three months in the making, uh, finally uh, went through. And, man, what a transaction it was. The Jets officially get uh, quite possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now behind Mahomes and maybe Josh Allen. Um, and well, what did they get for it? I, I need to look at the just transaction. Lots of, just yeah. lots of draft picks. Just, I know that. I know sure. it was like one of them, like the very last one that I saw was if Aaron Rodgers plays like 60%. Yeah, 60% yeah. of the snaps, then they get a first-round pick. But if mm -hmm. he doesn't, it goes something else. It goes something it's a, else. It's yeah. very interesting. It's a com it's a complicated trade. but It is. Here, okay, so I have it right here. So the Packers agree to send Aaron Rodgers and their 2023 first-round pick, pick number 15, and fifth-round pick, and fifth-round pick, pick number one, pick one, 170 to the Jets, 
And for then this the, year? For this year. And then the Jets will receive a first-round pick, number 13, and uh, will also receive a second-round pick, number 42, this year, and then a sixth-round pick this year, and also a conditional 2024 second-round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the, snap, of the snaps in this season. And that's what the Jets receive? That's what the Jets I receive. I think the Jets got the better end of this. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, 100%. they have potentially... Two first-round picks, a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback, right? One of the greatest quarterbacks right now. Yeah, exactly. I, so I think Jets won. I, um, well, I mean, I would say either both teams kind of won in this deal, but yeah. at the same time, I think the Jets won a better deal because, to me, the Jets – just keep in mind, the Jets had an amazing draft class last year. They did. And to think – all they really are honestly was missing was a quarterback. And quite frankly, Zach Wilson was not going to be that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> he really wasn't. You're not that guy, bro. <laughs> but Trust now, me. but now the AFC East has gotten oh, really stop. interesting now. Which is so interesting. It is. Because <laughs> we thought it was going to be the West. No, the right. West. We, yeah. So now it's the East this time. Cause now you got Tua, you got Josh Allen. Now you got Aaron Rodgers now. Mm. And then you, Oh wait, who am I missing? Uh, who is that? Oh, Bills, wow! Wait, Bills, um, Jets, hold on. Dolphins. Oh, Patriots, and Patriots, then Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah. So, AFC East is about to be real fun this season. It is. It really is. Hopefully, so. Tua stays healthy um, uh, with all the concussion stuff and yeah. Mac Jones with his leg uh, stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you have two of the top five best quarterbacks in the league right now in the same division is pretty is. pretty amazing. It but is. Yeah. Let's just go through this potential offense for. Uh, the Jets, uh, with obviously Aaron Rodgers now at the quarterback, switching to number eight, his California yeah, number. His Cal number. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, which I kind of like because he's he's like, you know what? I had a great time with Green Bay. I want to leave 12 behind and make a separate Makers, uh, yeah. career no, I get here. That. Um, and then uh, you got Michael Carter or Brees Hall and Ty yeah. Johnson, really good yeah. running back room. Um, and then here is when the weapons come in. You got Corey Davis, mm -hmm. McCole Hardman Jr., mm -hmm. Alan Lazard, mm -hmm. and Denzel Mims, mm -hmm. which uh, was at UT, yeah. and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you saw what he did with a fantastic receiver with Devontae Adams, Adams. Mm -hmm. and he kind of progressed with Adams. He Adams was drafted, and he kind of was like, handed him the ropes like yeah. here you're going to be my receiver one mm -hmm. here's what i like and look what happened exactly i think that's what's going to happen here with michael carter and all of them uh garrett wilson i think we're looking at a really good team i don't think i think maybe playoffs this year i don't think any anything maybe like but super I bowl contenders yeah i was going to say i don't think they're ready for a super bowl just yet no but playoffs absolutely no yeah. question but uh, as far as just them making it to the Super Bowl, I don't see it happening just yet. We'll see how the, se the this coming season goes. But I mean, just go. I mean, now just I hate you know kind of flipping the script a little bit. You know, the NBA draft it's now on its way, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it's it's gonna be interesting where everybody is gonna everybody's gonna it land is. now. So. I will say, going back to the Rodgers deal though, um, the only downside that I have to say is like, yes, you want to take time to get those guys um, incorporated with oh, each yeah. other and chemistry and all that Aaron Rodgers is 39 though true you have maybe three more years left maybe I know Aaron Rodgers he's built different mm -hmm. he's not like your typical guy he's 39 but still plays like he's you know like he's early 30s, early 30s something yeah. like that with his arm strength but you have maybe three more years and that's if he pulls like a Brett Favre uh so 
You got to get things rolling quickly. Hey, I mean, it's looking identical to Brett yeah. Favre. So that's why that's where I think this trade might even out for the Packers. Yeah, I, they got less as far as overall picks and stuff, but they got rid of a quarterback who has maybe three more years left. They got enough worth out of him, and they have a somewhat good quarterback coming up in Jordan Love. So I, I'm actually looking forward to Jordan Love. It's I'm love time. Love. Yeah, I think I think it is. His love time. is in the air <laughs> in Green Bay, Wisconsin, right now. Um, no, I I think it's his time. I'm serious because I watched him play at Utah State. He is a really good quarterback, mm -hmm. and I know he's only played really only one or two snaps in his career so far, at least just as a starter. But I mean, the I mean, I'm I like his upside. I like how he, you know just he plays. So honestly, I think the Packers are still going to be a good hands. So let's just see how they do in the draft, and honestly, I think they'll be fine. Which the draft? We won't go into too depth Woo! into it because we need to save some time for y'all. But we will just let's go uh, top five picks. Let's do that. Or if there's a, let's go over teams. Who do you think the Steelers have? I'll try to say who the Cowboys. Uh, this might be so. A, okay, who do you so, think Steelers okay. are going to get? What pick do they have? We, and, okay, so Steelers have pick number seventeen this season. Mm, juicy. But I hear some trade rumors going around. Also, always trade rumors. So, and this could be a hot take, but I think, I really think the Steelers are going to take B. John Robinson. No, because <laughs> Cowboys are going to get him. No. Cowboys oh, must God. get him. You, okay, you said must get him. They must get him. We need, we need another running back for Pollard. Okay, so, okay, well, now here's this question. Do you think Dallas will make a trade during the draft and probably maybe trade for a great running, like, great running back? It's interesting. I know that Dallas isn't known to do drafts or uh, uh, trades, draft trades. Yeah, they're not known, especially in the first round. If they do, it, it's like fifth and sixth. Well, because like that. if you look at last year's draft, if you look at last year's draft, Eagles traded or got AJ Brown off a trade yep. due to draft picks. So, and they still had great picks uh, during the draft, also. So, to me, I, this is crazy because honestly, I think you know draft or trades during the draft, you rarely don't see. At all, because normally you just basically just go down the list, basically just go down the list, and you know you'll do you'll do you know trades as far as draft picks goes, but as far as trades for a player during the draft, that's unheard of. So, but I mean, I mean, just looking at the Steelers situation, we got a quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I'm not too sold on Najee Harris still because he still is having problems with exploding out of. The offensive line, and obviously, offensive line does need some work as well. Mm -hmm. Defensively, I think we're fine for the most part because we still got T.J. Watt back. Cam Hayward, this is probably going to be his last year as the Pittsburgh Steeler anyway. Uh, we got DBs. So, honestly, defense, we're pretty much solidified as long as nobody gets hurt, to knock on wood. But <laughs> just offensively, I think we just need to run another running back because, right. like I said, I don't have much faith in Najee Harris. And to me, Najee Harris is honestly not the guy you want for this pit uh, for the Steeler offense but um but I mean we got receivers obviously Deontay Johnson's returning we got Allen Robinson just literally just a couple days ago in a in a free agent sign so we also got Miles Boykin who played for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens so I mean we got receivers so we're honestly we're good on as far as offensively just the run game we just need a better running back yeah as far as the Cowboys go we really the main players we need Main group that we need is interior line, uh, interior linemen, both defensive and offensive. Um, we do need a tight end. We got rid of Dalton yeah, Schultz. Y'all do. We don't really have anyone at tight end, and we need a running back. Now I the think thing is, who do you? So as far as tight ends, who do you, who would you like? Oh, that that's a tough one. Um, 
because we're not going to get a tight end first round. You don't get a tight end first round. <laughs> no, no one really does. Um, and you're not going to get an interior defensive lineman mm-hmm. in the first round, mm-hmm. especially this year. There's not really any big names that I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the other two, so it'd be interior offensive lineman or running back, we desperately need because mm-hmm. Zach Martin's getting older. Yeah. Um, and our offensive line is struggling on the interior ex- or outside. We got the tackles. We still got uh, both Smiths, um, so we're good there. We do need a center or a left guard somewhere around there. Um, so if we don't get Bijan, if Bijan goes to the Steelers or someone before us, I think we go interior offensive lineman because we need someone, mm-hmm. uh, which would be back-to-back years. We we pull a first-round offensive lineman. Um, I think tied in, we can, we can resort to something in the second or third round and still get a decent one. Because most teams aren't thinking, oh, tight end first round. So I think we can get something good there. Well, to me, well, just looking off, there's really, I believe there's three tight ends that are, well, at least from what I'm looking at, it's two. It's Dalton uh, uh, Kincaid from Utah and then uh, Michael Meyer from Notre Dame. So I think. That's a scary name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which I was actually going to say, um, Notre Dame always seems to have really good offensive linemen and really good tight ends. Yes, they are. And no, so they always I do. was going to say someone from Notre Dame, they're bound to have someone good. Um, and sure enough, there you go. Yeah. But I mean, just, co- just, let's just talk about the draft in general. A lot more quarterbacks than there were last year. Oh, this is, this is definitely a better draft. I think than last year, as far as the quarterback quarterbacks. Absolutely. Cause obviously Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, the two main top tier or really top tier draft picks and then anthony richardson and hand and uh Hendon hooker as well and then stetson bennett and max duggan mm-hmm. so you know which th- stetson bennett i think he's dropping low no I've, he is i've heard things just because overall just um his performance i think he's a good quarterback but i don't think he's a franchise leading quarterback no. Uh, and then so. he had some offseason troubles getting arrested and all that. So I think he's dropping. So to me, so without a doubt, you think that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are both made for franchise quarterbacks or no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they're definitely, this is, this kind of gives me flashbacks to the Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah. I remember deal. that draft. Uh, oh, yep. that was the first draft that I was like legit into. Yeah. Uh, I remember that this kind of gives me flashbacks to then. Uh, okay, because you got the Panthers, who obviously they desperately need a quarterback, mm-hmm. um, and then you got the Texans, who are kind of in the same boat. They are, they do have another first round pick uh, in twelfth. They have the twelfth pick as well. So I think they get quarterback first, and then maybe a defensive player for that second one. I can see that because uh, they're they're building a really good defense there. Yeah, I agree with that. So. I mean, oh man, this uh, a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. Obviously, we're pretty. I'm honestly, to me, I think we're gonna see Stroud and Bryce Young obviously be drafted first round. Richardson and Hooker, probably. Oh, and then uh, Dorian. I forgot uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. Mm-hmm. That dude's. So, oh man, that dude is good, man. I like watching him play, especially when he battled against Caleb Williams at UFC at uh, against USC. Man, ooh, that was the game of the year. But that's another story for another day. But. <laughs> To me, I think we're going to see Hendon Hooker and probably the rest of the quarterbacks maybe in the later stages of the draft, maybe third round, fourth round, around that ballpark there, maybe second round, because second round always has a lot of surprises too. That's why I watched the first two rounds just in case. So, but I mean, this is going to be a fun, this is going to be Great a really dra- interesting draft here. We I'm won't gonna... go full in depth because we'll be here for another hour. But <laughs> um, I will say, I want to say this now 
before career even starts. I think Hendon Hooker is going to be something special. Oh, I think so, too. I, I think, think so, too. Wherever he goes, I think he has potential to be something cool. I think – I don't – I know this sounds weird, but I think he could be something special like a Patrick Mahomes. Really? I think he has phenomenal arm strength. He obviously has the mobility because oh, uh, he got injured off of it. No offense. But he has the <laughs> mobility. Uh, he has the pocket pref- presence. Preference. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a phenomenal quarterback. Now, I know that's high expectations for him to be a Pat Mahomes, but I think he has the potential to be something like that. Okay. No, I get that. So, okay. So, more of – well, here's the thing. Because deep – well, do you classify Mahomes – so, what do you classify Mahomes then? Because Mahomes is, like, obviously the uh, the best quarterback in the league right now. But do, do you compare him to, like, say, how Joe Burrow plays or how Josh Allen plays or uh, – Who would be – as far as, like, current NFL quarterbacks or just – yeah. Uh, as far as Patrick or Hendon, or or yeah, well, well, how Mahomes play? No, like how Mahomes plays compared to like quarterbacks now or quarterbacks that did play in the league before. That's know? a good question. Um, you know, it's interesting because he's not he's when he is mobile, he'll get you yardage, but he's not a scrambler like no. Lamar or uh, Kyler yeah, or anything yeah. like that. But he's got the tremendous arm strength. He's really just great all around. Um, you know, that's a tough one. Because um, in my eye, I, I immediately thought of Brett Favre, immediately. But mm, keep in mind, Brett Favre does lead NFL, NFL in interceptions total. So, But Mahomes can limit – that has limited that at the same time. So that's the only reason why I, I kind of brought that up. Because, like, if Henry Hooker is going to be like – I wouldn't say just like Mahomes, but maybe possibly better or just maybe slightly under than Mahomes. Right. I'm. I couldn't tell you honestly. Okay. Um. No, that's fair. I, I know. Just, it's, I know it's early. That's the only reason. I see something special of him, Hendon Hooker. That is. Um. I see something special out of him. I think we better end, folks, because Justin, Justin's no, getting us the eyes right now. No, no eyes. You know, I think it's funny. We've got we've got baseball, which it's y'all too. Y'all go all day along on that. I don't do baseball. I love the Rangers, but that's about it. But then it comes to football, well, we switch. Be, well, you better be happy because they're sitting currently number one in the, the Yeah, I'm right not now. happy right now because they're currently losing to the Reds. Woo! I just feel like regular seasons don't really correlate to playoffs. So, like, even if the Rangers are first for the Reds. If you fall, I will say this. Oh, much. let's go over time now. <laughs> oh, and we're going to extra innings. So oh, go. God. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about MLB. If you follow MLB maybe, like, maybe two weeks before postseason starts – that's when you really want to follow. Want to follow. Oh, that's, so that's the only time. You know the yeah, because that's when right. you'll know who's good, like who's already clinched, and at the same time, you know who's still trying to get in. That's really, honestly, the best time to watch it. I watch it as a fan because I love baseball, and I watch it as every chance I get throughout the regular season. But as far as people that love just watching playoff baseball, if you really start with like two weeks remaining of the regular season on forward, then you're good. But yeah, any any closing remarks? This well, is I guess last time to this be in might be the close the wall. This might be y'all y'all stay tuned just in case we might have a couple summer ones. But summer's looking a little light right now. We want to go and have a fun summer. So, um, you not know, any me. closing remarks? Well, not for me. Yeah, because it, I'll be doing it's summer. a working yeah, summer. It's for a me. working summer and also summer school Gotta as well. Make that dough. Absolutely, but I mean. Another semester in the books, guys. I mean, I'm first of all wow. still still happy to be 
be on the staff with you guys. I mean, you of guys course. have been amazing and stuff as you directors as well. So, I mean, one more can I can't be any more happier to be on this staff with y'all. Uh-huh. We appreciate you, Kobe. Yeah, Gosh, yeah. You make me cry in here. Get <laughs> us, everybody. Get us a shout out or go and follow us on the Insta. And Twitter. Uh, and Twitter, I guess. KTSW we don't really. Sports. Oh, oh, yeah. I was talking about us personally, but yeah, let's talk about KTSW Sports. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and you know YouTube. Might see some future YouTube live in the future, uh, broadcast in the future, uh, and then go follow us individually, Kobe Jackson, Justin Brown, and Paxton Graff on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know if y'all use Twitter. I don't. I use do. Twitter. My handle is Justin Glenn Brown on Instagram and Twitter. One nice. in on Glenn. Mine is <laughs> at. The graph, graph number one. It's just the number one, not a hashtag one. It's number one. And then mine is KJ underscore Kobe 24. You recognize me with my baby picture as my profile <laughs> pic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Those are our handles. But what a great episode was. What a great semester year it was. Um, I guess this will be our final time for this school year. Yes. So for Kobe Jackson. Paxton Graff, this is Justin Brown. We're signing out for the last time, but hey, stay tuned on KTSW Sports Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And also stay tuned. We will keep having Bobcat uh, Bobcat Radio for the next upcoming mm-hmm. couple weeks here before we officially sign off for the summer. So just be in tune to KTSW A994 Bobcat Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 o'clock. That was perfect. That's the perfect plug. But yes, it's finals week. So everyone get back to the grindstone. Don't be listening to us anymore today. You got to get back to work. But hey, for everyone, for Paxton Graff, for Kobe Jackson, this was Justin Brown. We say see you later and have a wonderful summer. Adios.